All right, straight from the barber shop in Kent Mafaleo's house, we got Marco Sanchez, who's going to be headlining our show on July 8th. Marco, how are you, man? I'm doing great, brother. Great. Just getting cut up by my boy. We tried to kill each other yesterday, and then he uh, cuts me up today. So uh, <laughs> You look absolutely good. fresh. I mean, you're just getting ready for the fight, right? Yeah, I'm getting ready for my fight. My boy right here, he's uh, ready to go. We got our last hard sparring session yesterday um still a little uh banged up and sore from going with big man but he's looking sharp and ready and then uh two weeks later i couldn't work too so uh yeah man just living the dream i've always wanted to ask what is it like having to spar with someone like ken who carries so much power with each strike um the great thing is uh he's a great partner man let's just put it that way he's a he's a great training partner um the main thing is, I would say, is he's, of course, he takes care of me. We, my 100% would be like Kent's like 80%, right, with his power. So he still has good control. Um, but more than anything, it's just, it forces me to be super sharp with everything that I do with my striking. I have to be a lot more precise, which is what I've been working on for this fight, too. My last fight, I was, uh, it wasn't like, I wasn't myself with keeping myself composed on picking my shots, so to speak. So working with him and um, working with Alden and guys like Andrew Mix and my buddy Taylor, Kent's brother, um, been really working on staying composed and picking my shots more. Yeah, I, I actually, I really do want to get into, you know, the X's and O's of, of this upcoming fight and your past fights and things like that. Um, your coaching side you, you've been doing a lot more cornering and coaching over the last 14 months. It's kind of crazy. I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, Marco's fighting again. I was like, it feels like you've been gone for like years. It's only been 14 months. It hasn't been that long, but it feels like you've been gone for a long time. How are you feeling headed into this fight? Uh, I feel great, man. This is the best I felt. Um, fighting, it's it's what I love to do. I love coaching just as much. I've uh, So a lot of people here, like I moved here five, six years ago, but I've been coaching for about, I've been training 13 years, but I've been coaching for about 10 years. I was just in California uh, last week when I was training out in classic with my home gym out there too, um, where I started. And there was this kid that came up and he's like, hey, what's up, man? You're Marco, right? And I was like, hey, what's up, bro? Nice to meet you. And then he's like, hey, you, uh, you were my first coach. And I was like, what do you mean? And then he's like, yeah, uh, at this uh, jiu-jitsu gym, named the jiu-jitsu gym, Electric Jiu-Jitsu. And I was like, huh, that's crazy. And I was like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 22. I was 12 when I was uh, at that gym. So it's crazy, man. It's like, and I think about it now, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm still 30 years old. So in my mind, I still feel like I'm super young, right? But it's just been in the game a long time. That is kind of one of the crazy things specifically about you is I think a lot of people don't realize how young you still are and how many more miles you potentially have in this game if you so choose to continue fighting. That's kind of the next question I wanted to ask. How much longer do you think you do want to do something like this? Taking fights, I, I mean, obviously you probably will want to coach for much longer, but how much longer do you think you want to continue to fight? Um, honestly, as long as my body's holding up, I want to continue, man. I love this game. And um, my amateur career, I had a great amateur career. I was four and one um, in MMA, three and one in Muay Thai. I did a ridiculous amount of jiu-jitsu tournaments. So um, I had some stumbles now in my pro career, but I'm pretty self-aware to know, and I've been coaching for a long time to understand where I'm at in the game. 
if I'm not competing and I can't compete with the best guys, I've been with the best guys from Kings MMA, classic fight team. That's where I started um, out here when I was uh, training with the pit uh, at Agima with court, all these guys. So I've been around some of the greats. So I don't need, you know, training is training. I understand that, but I understand where I'm at in the game and I know I can compete at the highest level. That's why I don't get down about, um, losing some fights here and there. I'm still super young in my pro career that I know longevity is what matters in the sport. Like, it's not like boxing, you lose one fight and now everybody thinks you're a scrub, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and there's so many ways to win, but there's so many ways to lose too. I think it's the guys that know how to take care of their bodies and just continue to progress and just stick with it. No, I mean, we see that all the time. I mean, I just think of two fresh off of my mind off of this last UFC pay-per-view. Amanda Nunes lost her first pro fight back in the day. Charles Oliveira has completely skyrocketed in terms of his stock. And when I talk to every single fighter who is in the room with you, they all say the same thing. Marco is, you know, the mastermind, the guy who knows, who has the highest fight IQ in the room. All of that being said, has it been frustrating over the years to have to deal with some of these, you know, not so not the best case scenarios in terms of fight outcomes over the last couple of years in, in your pro career? Um, it's definitely frustrating. Of course, every loss hurts, right? Whether it's amateur pro or just in life. Um, that's a beautiful thing. It's like, there's no, uh, what is that? There's no joy without pain, right? That 50 cent song. And it's like, it's the truth. It's just something that's happened in my life. I come from public housing. I'm first generation. My parents came here from Guatemala. Um, I grew up in South Central LA to Bonaparte, California. Um, so in some ways I feel like I've always been 10 steps behind everybody else, you know, and I've always, even in the gym, I've never been the number one guy that everybody's looking at, whether I was playing baseball before, whether I was never the number one pick, I, but I was always willing to outwork everybody. And that's what I feel with this too. It's like, I'm the type of person I'm just willing to put in the work that nobody else is like I'm in the gym seven days a week whether it's coaching whether it's training strength conditioning like sometimes core and all these guys have to tell me like yo like reel it back a little bit you know yeah but I don't get down on myself because of the experiences that life has given me and I feel like one day I'm going to be giving this speech after I get the fierce belt or after I'm in the UFC or when I'm in the UFC like yo remember where I started I was one in three when I started like you could be down and out in life. And as long as you don't quit and you keep working hard and do things with a good heart, like good things are going to happen. There's so many things that you just said that I want to ask you about. I'm going to start it off with how much has martial arts guided you in your adulthood? Man, it's, I know it's a cliche. Everybody says it all the time, but it really did save my life. I was going through depression before I started. I had try to commit suicide I was going through some things that I don't want to really get into but it's like I wouldn't wish on anybody's life whether it's me personally or people that I know and love that have passed away that I'm doing life in prison now for example like um I don't know it's been rough but martial arts really did save my life and having great people around me as well. Like I didn't have as much money to train, right? Like, so that's why I'm so loyal to classic fight team always in Tyler Wumbles because when I was down and out and I had nothing, he was the first person that told me like, hey man, you could do something in this game, all right? Like he, this is before classic fight team was even a gym. He was coaching at five different gyms. And he's like, if you can make it anywhere out here, dude, like more than welcome to come train. And I used to take the bus all over LA County, all over Orange County, wherever I could 
I was still working full time. I was helping my parents pay all the rent and whatnot. And that's why I'm not, I don't get down and out with being one and three. Like I've been struggling and really grinding my entire life. So I know my time is coming. I mean, I think that that is a, a shared sentiment with many that, that your time is coming. I think about your last opponent, Greg Ellis. I don't know if you've followed what he's been doing, but he's gone on to win four fights in a row. He's got two belts now himself. And he was also similar on kind of a losing streak. He was, he had won his first four. And then I think he lost his next four when he faced you. And so, you know, this game is just ebbs and flows. And I think that there's a lot of, I think there's still a lot of a bright future for you in terms of a fight career, whether that be here, whether that be on a bigger scale, wherever that may be talking about the few or these past couple of these past 14 months, I should say, you've had a couple of canceled bouts along the way. I remember actually back when I was working at a TV station, we did an interview prior to a fight that you were supposed to be having. How frustrating has it been just not being able to get back in there or, or has it been okay because you've stayed busy cornering and things like that? It's definitely frustrating from when I turned pro to now, I, I feel like I could have had at least five, six more fights, but so many of them got canceled. Like, despite my record, I do feel like I've earned my respect in this game and not just anybody takes fights with me. Like I get a lot of people turn fights down or like people pull out. And um, I ended up having to pull out this last time in December. Um, I finally got my knee taken care of and stuff. I had to get it scoped out. Um, I've had a bucket handle tear for like eight, nine years. So for all this time fighting, I haven't been able to bend my knee past 90 degrees. So this is what I'm excited about this fight is I'm free to just let it all fly. How has the recuperation been for that? It's been amazing, dude. It's kind of crazy to think about. You just make like three holes in your knees. They just scope it out. And then like a month later, I'm like, oh. It's like brand new. It's it's kind of insane. <laughs> like, is is that part of the reason why at the top of this you said you know I feel better than ever? Is do you think it's because of that knee situation and getting that taken care of after all these years? Yeah, hundred percent. I haven't been able to triangle choke on one side for years. I haven't been able to even just shooting for takedowns or doing anything. I don't want to. I didn't want to get pushed over my knee because you know what if it gets locked up during practice and or what if it gets locked up worst case scenario during the fight. You know sure um, this is i just feel incredible to go into the gym with a clear mind of just like hey like i could do everything my body's meant to do i kind of want to go back to what we were talking about just a minute ago about your upbringing and things like that how did fighting come along in the first place when did you start training and how did that all come to be uh i started at 18 years old man um so funny thing is, uh, one of my friends, uh, he trained at a jiu-jitsu gym down in Cali. I've always heard of MMA. I've watched it before. I remember my first fight I ever watched, I think it was like Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock was like the first one, right? Um, but years later is when I started uh, training. But one of my buddies got in a fight at a house party, right? And uh, he was not, he was never confrontational. He was just a super cool kid and uh he choked. I didn't know what it was at the time, of course, but he got in a fight. He ended up on bottom and he got a triangle choke on some guy and like put him to sleep. But like a martial artist that he is, dude, he got up, didn't, you know how it is in street fights. Something is scary, dude. People get stomped out or kicked in the head. You see on World Star all the time, but sure. he just got up, left. 
and we're all standing there. I remember standing there with a 40 in my hand, like, yo, what the, what the hell is that? You know, what the fuck was that? That was wild. And then fast forward two weeks later, I ran into him at a bus stop. And then I asked him, yo, what was that? And then he's like, hey, this is jujitsu. If you really want to learn and like actually learn how to fight and stuff, like you should check out this gym. So I show up to uh, show up to the gym and this guy, Magno, made a black belt half my size. Um, I go in there. I was like, this guy, dude, yeah, right. This guy's not going to do anything to me. You know, I'm over here at Hood thinking I'm just going to whoop on this guy. And he helicopter armbarred me very first round ever. Like I took the class, I got helicopter armbar, it was just embarrassing, dude, because I was like, oh, this little Brazilian guy is not going to do anything to me, you know? And then after that, I was just hooked, man. I was there every single day. So you start training, and then from then on, it's just been the last 12 years straight. Yeah. Very cool. What brought you out to Utah? Um, I just needed a change of scenery. Um, just the cost of living in Cali, is, it's hard, you know? Like, I... um. I was still training full-time, but I was also working like a full-time job and um, had like two other side hustles just to like keep, just, I couldn't even enjoy, like you're pretty much paying for the weather out there. I love home, don't get me wrong. I'm super prideful about where I'm from and what I come from, but it's uh, it's tough when you're trying to do a fight career at the same time. You have this MMA career, obviously. You also are a big piece of rise boxing up in park city you train alongside mg who is probably one of the biggest boxing names in the entire state probably the biggest name in the entire state what when you were growing up you said that you watched mma and things like that but who have you kind of watched and kind of tried to mirror your game after be it a boxer or an mma fighter mm, that's a good question i would just say um one thing i've always been a big fan of like jose aldo and for boxing, I would say, hmm. Uh, I had to choose somebody. I'd say, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is a very technical boxer, great. Comes from Oxnard, California, like, similar type of area, you know? So those two guys are guys that I really looked at a lot coming up. Yeah, I when it comes to them or when it comes to when you're coaching, what do you kind of look for? Because I, I believe there's one kid at Rise Boxing. I can't remember his name. I remember there was a kid who was like really, really talented. I, do you know who I'm talking about? He's like, he's like at like every tournament. Yeah, dude, Cage. That kid is, I can't carry it, man. He's 15 years old now. He's been training for a long time. He's been, he trained, I think, since he was like six, seven years old. He's been with MG a lot. And then I just go in there and add in more, my mix of like, MG's extremely technical and she knows the fight game. And I'm big on like fight IQ and why we do certain things during a fight. Like same thing, whether I'm coaching Kent or like going to help out court out there, you know, everybody has a different style, a different game. So I can't coach everybody the same, right? Like that's the thing with coaching everybody. Like some coaches, not bad mouthing the coaches. There's a lot of great coaching, but only have one style. You know, it was like you like can't can't do the same things that I can do right and like vice versa I can't do some of the things that he can do or like cage cage is a man that kid like he's 15 years old and he gives me a run for my money and we're straight boxing where I'm like hold on man like I gotta start putting some power on my punches man like he's this kid's savage how rewarding is it to watch a kid like that grow up I mean you know he he spent the majority of the time with MG but 
seeing him grow and develop over the years, him along with so many others that you coach and train very closely with, even at Aguima, who are some of the youngest fighters that are coming up? Um, that's the most rewarding part is is seeing them grow and really grow into themselves as well. Like with Cage, um, his you can see his confidence in himself more than anything. Like, yeah, fighting is great, but who they become as as a person, who you become as like a man for him growing up to becoming the man he is. I'm like super proud of him. You know, of course he's a teenager. He has his moments, you know, like we all did, but he's, he's grown up to be a good young man. And that's the most important part I feel about coaching is that's what I care about the most. Like, yeah, you're going to be a world champion. That's great. But if you're kind of like, just being real, if you're a piece of shit human being, I don't want to be a part of it. Like my job is to groom you and help you to become a better man or a better woman, depending on, you know, like who it is. Sure. 100%. I did want to ask you, you brought up a good point going over to, uh, to Charlotte to be in court's corner and experience that we saw you on the way in stage. That was so cool to see. How was that experience just being around the UFC and kind of being behind the closed doors that so many don't get to experience? It was incredible, man. It was, uh, it was more inspiring and motivating than anything. And uh, of course, we didn't get the result that we expected. Court was doing amazing, but you know, it is, that's how it is in the game. Sometimes you just you zig when you should have zagged, and you get caught. And um, I was, I don't know. I, more than anything, there were some teams that impressed me, but it just gave me validation more than anything. It's like, ah, like we're at that level. I look at Kent, I look at myself, Julian, um, Alden, and all these guys. I know I can name all of my teammates right now, but. I look at all of us and I'm like, man, we're right there. We just got to keep fighting. I look at all the teams there, all the coaching. I'm like, we're doing all the right things. Right? It's like, just, we just got to keep trucking and keep going. And it was, um, it was more like, even with MG, I was there with her through like Madison Square Garden two different times for um, matchroom boxing in the zone and ESPN plus uh, my buddy Raymond Daniels. I helped him with a lot of camps with gory kickboxing. So I've been around greatness. <laughs> a lot of my life and career. So it's just, uh, it was a great experience and it was rewarding for me to be there with Court. Cause Court's not gonna just take some scrub to go out there to help him with the striking, right? So it was something special to me because I have a, a good uh, friendship and bond with Court. So it just meant a lot to me that he respected me enough to want me out there with him. Saw you dap up Dana, that was absolutely crazy. I loved seeing all that. It was super, super cool. When we talk about you and your career, Four amateur fights, four professional fights headed into your fifth. Who's been the toughest opponent you have faced throughout your entire fight career? Or is it someone in the room that you faced? Uh, if I were to say the room, man, like, I'll, I'll give you two. In the room, um, Raymond Daniels. I had helped him, and he's one of my great friends, and he's taught me so much. He's done so much for me, even when I moved here. Um, he would still fly me out there for his camps to help him before this is before he started doing MMA again with Bellator. He was the Bellator kickboxing champ fighting Nikki Holskin and those guys in glory. And um, I gave him like some great rounds, but to this day, I think maybe if I'm lucky, I could say I won one round of like seven, eight years that we trained together, you know, like it's that guy's incredible. And he's like 41 years old and it, it's one of those where you just throw your hands up in the air where I'm like, this doesn't even make any sense, dude. Like, it's not even fair. But he works so hard, and like I've learned a lot from him because of how hard his he works. And uh, for a fight, I'd for sure have to say my last fight. Um, 
I was impressed. I feel like most of the people that I hit with those shots in the first round, usually for me, whether it's in the gym or in a fight, they go down, you know? So I think Greg, is, he had a great game plan. He was chopping up my legs. My calf was uh, hurting for a bit, for sure. But the reason I feel like it was him, but at the same time, I felt like it was things I was going through, like outside the cage, um, not to make any excuses at all whatsoever. He did his thing. He ended up winning the fight. I'm great, you know, but I had staph infection, like the week of the fight, I was on antibiotics. Like more than anything, it gave me more confidence in myself that I'm like, man, when I, I was dead after that first round, I'm sure everybody can tell in there, but so many times it was like a euphoric experience being in there because I'm having conversations with myself and then there's two voices in your head. And I've never, like, I've never really had this in a fight before where it's like, you're having a conversation with yourself. Like, how bad do you want this? Do you want to like, nobody's going to blame you if you crumble and go down, right? But like, at the same time, the other part of your head, that competitive nature, it's like, what voice are you going to listen to? You know, and like, more than anything, I'm proud of myself in that fight that I, plenty of times in that fight, I felt like even through the head kicks and everything, I was still firing back with everything that I had. And I, I had something in me. That's when I knew, uh, I've always known, right? Like, but that's when I knew I could dig deep. And I'm like, I'm willing to give everything for a win. You know, I'm willing to die for this. How have you improved that self-talk over the last year? You don't really know um, you're going to have that self-talk until you get there, right? Like, sure. I've had those moments in the gym. And I still pushed through and it was great. But under the lights, being the main event in front of all your friends and family, being on a streaming service, you guys are sitting cage at everything, you know, like it's a different, most people would wilt, you know, most people would crumble. And that's when I realized like even more, I've always had great confidence in myself, but coming up into this fight, I'm fresh, I'm happy. I'm in a great place in my life. And like a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. So I'm, I know the guy I'm fighting too. He's a dog dude. And he's like me in a sense where it's like he's he has that killer be killed mentality and it's going to be I think it's going to be a great fight I think I'm going to dominate but it's going to be a great fight how important is this fight in comparison to all your previous fights I think every fight that's what they say right and it's the truth like your next fight is always the most important fight so to me it's just it's just another day I and more than anything one thing I was talking about with MG is like man, one day all of this is going to be over. One day, like, our body's not going to hold up, and that's just the truth, you know? And um, I just want to enjoy every single moment. There's been other times I put so much pressure on myself. I'm like, man, I have to do this for my mom. I have to take care of my family. I have to, and it's like, that's a lot of weight carried, to be carried going into a fight, you know? And this is the first fight I feel so free and happy, and I just want to go out there, and I'm going out there for me. Now I'm in a place in my life that I've worked so hard now I'm taking care of my mom. My mom lives with me. Um, we're doing great things at the gym. Hopefully we'll be open a gym, like another gym soon. We're like, coaching has been great. Fighting has been great. So like now this is just specifically for me. I've accomplished so many things outside of fighting that I don't feel like I need to do, like I need to fight for that anymore. Now I'm fighting for me. Now I'm fighting to be the best in the world and just focus on that. No longer about, man, I got to take care of everybody else. Shoot, shoot, shoot. What am I going to do? You know, like a sign of desperation. So this fight, I'm just going in there free and just enjoying every moment of it. Wise beyond his years, Marco Sanchez. 
Good luck on July 8th. We cannot wait to see you headlining the card alongside Freddie Sandoval. Thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you.